You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 13. Let's jump right on in today. We are in part two of Pursuit of Excellence. And our key verse from our last podcast was in 1 Samuel 16 and 18 in the New King James Version. And I'll read it again. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Now, we're discovering the six powerful qualities that open the door for King David to his promotion and success in leadership. This is his personal resume of sorts. Remember, we talked about that King Saul was depressed. He was angry, regretful, disappointed in his failed leadership. And so he was looking for a remedy. And at the time, uh, musicians and music was a way to calm the troubled spirit and the troubled mind. So King Saul searched the land for a musician to come play. And one of Saul's administrators and servants said, I found somebody. He was going through the file, so to speak, through the pile of resumes that were coming in. And he said, I found somebody. And he has six things in his resume that set him apart, that give him distinction. And he named those six things. And They were, he was skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a handsome person, and the Lord was with him. Um, We made made reference to the fact that you weren't made to blend in. You were made to stand out. And I believe that nothing will give you more access to favorable opportunities than developing a spirit of excellence. What, What is your personal resume? What qualities do you possess that make you a go-to person in your field of expertise. Now, and I also mentioned that excellence doesn't raise the level of your value with God, but it certainly does raise the level of your influence with others. So when you elevate your awareness of and increase your level of excellence, the need to be a person of excellence, you'll widen your sphere of influence and make a much more significant impact in the world around you. So we covered two areas in detail last time, we talked about uh, that David was skillful in playing. He developed his gift, his talent, his, his core ability in the area that he was good at. He was known as a man of worship, a man of music. He wrote many songs and we sing them still today out of the book of Psalms. He, he not only made an impact in his generation, but far beyond left a legacy for generations to follow because of his level of skill. And then number two, he was a mighty man of valor. The word valor means excellent. Um, The scripture tells us in Colossians 3 and 17, whatever you do, do it for God's glory. Make him shine. Share and show the excellence of God that's in his very name. Psalms 8 and 1, how excellent is your name, O God. When we're excellent, when we have an attitude of excelling, being exceptionally good, having extreme merit, displaying superior qualities. We, we, we demonstrate greatness and brilliance and prominence and being a leader and a foremost expert, outstanding, having distinction and merit and preeminence in our field and in our focus and in our calling. 
We will make an impact in people's lives. We'll make them say, wow, you have got to be kidding. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. We're, we're, we're trying to get away from the mediocre column of people, the why factor, the people that ask why, 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 why all the time. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to get here early? Why do we have to put so much effort into it? Why, why, whining and whining. But the excellent person is the X factor. It marks the spot. They're the people that say, I want to do whatever it takes. It's that law of attraction that we attract quality people into our life. We don't just attract the usual suspects, but we attract quality innovators and people. Our teams get better. Our work gets better. Our influence grows wider and wider the more that we pursue a spirit of excellence. And today we're going to talk about four other qualities in David's life that got him the promotion, that got him the call of the king. And these are areas in our life that we can also apply to our level of expertise and our field of influence and not only make an impact in our generation, but make an impact in generations to come far beyond our life, exceeding uh, the, the boundaries of our life. We will, we will impact the next generation. So let's dive in. So 1 Samuel 16 and 18 says that David was skillful in playing. He was a mighty man of valor, spirit of excellence. And number three, he was a man of war. What does this mean to us personally? It means that we should be courageous, be fearless, develop a spirit of courage and fearlessness. It doesn't mean we go out picking fights. But what it did mean is that David knew how to fight. He was skilled in weaponry. He knew how to use his weapon. And it wasn't a sword and a spear. It was a slingshot. It was a slingshot. Um, the scripture tells us that David ran quickly to meet the giant in 1 Samuel 17, 48. Just one chapter later in, in what we're studying, our key verse, it says that he ran quickly to meet the giant. In other words, he wasn't afraid because he knew he was good at what he did. And when you really develop your skill, when you develop that area of talent and you have a spirit of excellence, it increases your level of confidence. You will be courageous. You will be confident. So you could name number three. Number three could be be fearless, be courageous, or just develop confidence. Have a confidence. Courage doesn't mean it's the absence of being afraid. It means you're, you can do it afraid because you know you're good at what you do. It doesn't mean that when you stand before people as a public speaker that your heart won't beat a little bit faster. It means that you'll learn how to bring your heart rate down because you've learned how to develop confidence. And you've known that when you get before people, you've usually done well and your experience carries over into the next event and the next opportunity and you develop confidence and courage each time you do it. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, don't cast away confidence for it brings great reward. I love, I love David's attitude when he ran quickly to meet the giant. His first line of thought before he even faced the giant is he, 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 he could look deep down and saw his potential. And he said, who is this Philistine that taunts the armies of God? Who is this guy anyway? He didn't say, oh, it's a big giant I'm about to face. No, because his, his imagination was filled with God. He had spent so much time in the sheep field worshiping 
and and seeing a bigger big image of God that the God inside his mind was so big that Goliath was no big deal. I love how he approaches Goliath after he runs quickly to meet him and he says, you come to me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So, so he had developed this inner confidence. He had focused his life. And I'm going to say one of the best ways to develop confidence is to, to worship God, to get your mind off of your small problems and your, and, and your ability and your talent. You know, because even when you're talented and gifted, sometimes you'll approach the scene with a lack of confidence, with a lack of, 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 of fearlessness. But when you focus on God, it takes you out of your inadequacy and puts you right in the middle of God's adequacy. And God is adequate for every situation. I love what Lewis Kaplan says. He says, King Saul thought Goliath was too big to fight. David thought he was too big to miss. Isn't that so true that sometimes our mental perception, you know, when you're a person of excellence, you really don't just focus on yourself, but you you, you'll see open opportunities as an open door from God. And if God opens the door for you, that means that you are more than capable to do what God has called you to do. You can stop resting on even your inadequate abilities because I'll be honest with you, most of the time when we enter into situations and we enter into opportunities and we enter into uh, favorable doors, most of the time they will be greater than what we have to bring even though that our abilities got us in the door. And, 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 but then as we dive into real God opportunities, they're usually bigger than what we're capable of handling. So in those situations, they develop that confidence in us and that ability to stand in those moments where we feel inadequate and face our giants fearlessly. You know, being courageous doesn't mean that you won't feel inadequate. It doesn't mean that you won't feel unprepared sometimes, but it means that you'll be able to assess your situation and quickly gain composure of yourself because you know that the God in you is bigger than the challenge before you. I've always said it this way. The giants aren't out there. The giants are in your mind. And so having sometimes we just need to pray for and believe that God will bring us opportunities that are bigger than ourselves so that we'll have to develop that confidence And I say it like this, if you can see each opportunity as not just arriving in your destination, but a level of preparation for the next door, every door you go through leads to another door, a bigger door. Uh, Remember when Peter was in prison in Acts 12 and the Bible says that he was lying asleep on the floor, discouraged, and an angel had to come kick him in the side and wake him up and walk him through that door that was chained that he didn't think he could get through. Well, watch what happens when he goes through that door, when that angel just walks him through that door, guess what happens? He comes to the next door, which is an iron gate. And so just because you get into a door of favor doesn't mean that's that's the arrival place. It's those smaller doors that we walk into that create opportunities for us to develop even greater, and to move into the next situation. Look at David. He got an open door to play for King Saul, but one day he would even be king over Saul. 
He would be king over the kingdom. So even though he had arrived on the scene, all of his gifts up until that moment were now giving him an open door of access to continue to develop in his courage and in his confidence to enter the next scene of development and the next scene of leadership and the next scene of impact. So not only do we have to be skillful in playing and develop a gift and have a spirit of excellence, but we have to be confident, be courageous, know how to fight a good fight, know how to stay our ground when the going gets tough. And you'll, you'll notice David, there were times when he got discouraged and he went into hiding, but he always came out fighting because he knew that he had a destiny on his life and he wasn't going to take it sitting down. So when you get in challenging situations and you're not sure what to do, you have to muster up courage. You have to talk to yourself. You have to tell yourself that you are big enough to handle it because God gave you the ability to handle it. He puts you there. He dropped you in the middle of a situation and now circumstances come up and it's too big for you and you don't know what to do, but you've got skills. You've got a spirit of excellence. You've got a calling. You've got an open door. And so you have to develop and man up or woman up as it is and get confidence and get courageous because if you cast off your confidence, if you cast off your courage, you probably won't be able to handle the next level of opportunity. So ask God to help you to muster up the courage and the strength and the faith inside your life so that you can handle the assignment and go on to the next level when it's ready. Hey guys, let's take a rest stop here. Thank you for joining me today for this episode. If it has encouraged you or blessed you or inspired you in any way, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. These two things really help us get the awareness out to the public about this platform, this podcast, and helps us share more content with more folks so they can discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So let's keep pursuing excellence. Let's jump back in and I'll uh, end with a few closing thoughts. Number four in our list of qualities for King David was he was prudent in matters. What that means is he was able to maintain good judgment. Um, as a leader, as a person who's developing qualities and excelling and being promoted, you have to be able to make good decisions and be selective with the words that you use. What do I mean by selective with words? You have to be able to know what to say and know how to deliver information and be able to give clarity and define areas of leadership and define areas of, of what you do. You have to be able to say what you want. You have to be able to tell people what you expect. You have to be able to um, present yourself. Like when someone says, why should I hire you? Why should I? You got to be able to know how to do that. You have to be able to be prudent in your words and your speech. One, one translation says prudent in speech. You have to be able to make good decisions and you have to be able to to say what you need to say. You got to be able to deliver in the moment that it's time to deliver. Because if you're not able to do that, you could miss an opportunity. So you have to begin to develop now when you are given an open door. Say you're imagining, you're dreaming of something. You need to be able to define what it is you can bring to the table. You need to be able to, like if someone would say to you, 
what would you do if you were in this leadership position? What would be your vision? What would be your, what would be uh, your mission if I were to give you this opportunity? And I've seen that happen in interviews, and I've even been asked that same question. You need to be able to develop it now because making good judgment doesn't mean making last-minute decisions. It means being prepared to take the next level as if you already had it. So when you are looking at uh, say you want to be a pastor, say you want to be um, a, 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 a music artist, uh, maybe you want to be a, a politician um, or a leader in your field. You need to be able to say what it is you would do if you were given that assignment. I'm sure King David imagined himself several times out in the field, uh, being a king, being a warrior, taking down armies and learning how to use it. I'm sure his imagination was running wild. And you need to let your imagination play to your benefit. When you are thinking about next level leadership or next level influence, you need to begin to develop a personal vision as to what you would do because it helps you make good judgment. Making good judgment doesn't always mean getting caught in a last minute crisis and knowing what to do. It means knowing what to do ahead of time being able to develop a plan and a vision for the future because you'll never rise above the level of your ability to make good judgments. That's called character. You've heard this said before, talent will get you there, but character will keep you there. You know, it's it's not being able to just make good decisions uh, at the last minute, but it's knowing who you are before you enter that situation, before the temptation arises, before the crisis hits. Because if you don't know who you are and you're not able to make good judgment of yourself and what your vision is, then you probably won't be able to sustain making a last minute call because most last minute calls are pre-thought. Most last minute calls are you think ahead of time what you would do in that situation. You know who you are. Uh, David said in Psalms 41 and 12, you uphold me in my integrity, my ability to make good decisions with my personal life, with my life with others, in my relationships, in my leadership, in my finances. Psalms 101 verse 3, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. In other words, quality of character being able to make good decisions, being prudent in matters, being having an excellent character and an excellent personal vision. Ephesians 4 and 7 says, give no place to the devil. What, what kind of things would you do if you had a lot of money? Would you, would you use it rightly? What if you were given leadership? Would you use it for yourself or would you use it for others? I believe that you need to make a personal commitment to purity and make a personal commitment to walking uprightly and living a life of personal integrity because David had that in his life. And when he was given the opportunity to go into those situations, he was prepared for the temptations that next level leadership would bring. Of course, we know that David failed greatly because with higher levels of leadership become higher levels of temptation and opportunity and access to things that you didn't have access to before. So you need to be able to know what you're going to do before you do it and be able to do it when it's time to do it. Making good judgment, being prudent in matters is a key quality into higher levels of access, leadership, and promotion. Proverbs 10 and 19 says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Knowing how to use your words and knowing how to make good decisions and knowing how to speak and connect with people and, and being able to reveal your heart and your attitude and your motives is extremely important in maintaining good judgment. Number five, 
Another quality that David had was he was a handsome person. And I don't believe that this means we have to be models or, you know, the Abercrombie and Fitch spokesperson. Um, But what it means is that we need to be our best self. I hear people say, well, I just got to be me. And I agree with that. You need to be yourself. You can't be anybody else. There's no other you out there. But I believe for us to get opportunities into the next level of access and opportunity and promotion and building better quality into our lives, we need to be the best version of ourselves that we can. I just say be yourself, but just be a better self. Be you, but be a better version of you. You know, we know that God's uh, beauty is not the standard of beauty of the world. We know that. Um, 1 Samuel 16 and 12 says of David that he was ruggedly handsome with sparkling eyes. And when he came in to innate, uh, anoint the brothers, um, Jesse's sons, as king, none of his brothers fit the bill. And then all of a sudden, David comes in from the sheep field, dirty. You know, being a shepherd was an unclean. You had to cleanse yourself and go through a ceremony of purity before you entered the house and entered into situations, especially when the prophet came into town. And so when David came in, uh, if, if, if he wasn't the guy for the assignment or the guy for the anointing, Samuel would have overlooked him. But when he walked into the room, I think Samuel must have thought, where did this kid come from? Like, why didn't you tell me about this kid? He was the younger brother. He wasn't supposed to be anointed, but he was God's chosen one. Why? Because there was something in his eyes. There was something about his character and how he stepped in. His eyes were sparkling and he was ruggedly handsome and he had this quality on him that I've seen a lot of young people possess. There's something about him. It's like, where did this kid come from? He lights up. She lights up the room. And that's what God wants us to have that spirit, that attitude that when we walk into the room, it's not just our physical appearance, even though I believe that's extremely important, but we need to have that spirit that shines out of us, that our eyes sparkle and our face radiates with joy and excitement and enthusiasm and passion and excitement. And there's just something about us. We don't, we don't carry this lackadaisical, depressive, head hanging down, lack of confidence, but we have something about us that shines. Second Timothy 2 and 15 says, present yourself a workman. Uh, the New Living Translation translates workman as working hard. You have to be a hard worker. You have to want to, you have to be personally motivated. Um, some translations say, present yourself as a person of good presence. Present yourself as a person of good presence. Does your presence change, enhance, or give grace to the atmosphere? I think a person of good presence is prepared, is presentable, responsible, energetic, focused, approachable, considerate, positive, engaging, enthusiastic, passionate, likable, cooperative, joyful, and intrigued. It just has that something in you that makes you look better than your physical presence or your physical attributes. I do believe that we need to have a good ethic about our physical condition, our health, our physical fitness, um, our discipline in eating habits. It's all very important. Some people go way over the top. But I believe that we need to at least have some moderate 
habits built into our lives so that we can approach people with, you know, because your personal health, your personal fitness, and the way you take care of yourself speaks volumes about personal discipline. It, it, it lets people know that you actually care. And you have to have a care attitude. That's part of being a better version of yourself, being a handsome person, being as physically attractive as you can possibly be. It's important. Don't ever think that it's not important because while God looks on the heart, man does look on the outward. Unfortunately, I hate that part about it, but it is reality and we can't ignore it. It has to be an important part of our personal development. So to be a handsome person, to be an attractive person, to be a person that enhances or graces the atmosphere, to be presentable, to be someone of good presence, to have that sparkling attitude and that sparkling effervescence that changes an atmosphere that gives people the clue that you have arrived. You have to bring that into importance in the qualities that you possess if you're going to get access and and open doors to promotion and wider spheres of influence. And finally, in our qualities for advancement that we're looking to develop, Number six, it said the Lord is with him. And I believe that that is the most important quality that we should possess. It means to rely on the Holy Spirit. Anytime you saw the phrase, the Lord was with him, it was attributed to those in the Bible who significantly were marked by God and confirmed by his spirit. You know, 1 Samuel 7, 34 through 36 says David killed a bear and a lion when the spirit came on him. And and under the new covenant of grace, the spirit doesn't just come on us, it lives within us. We are anointed. We have supernatural enablement to do the works of Jesus. You know, you have all your natural abilities, which I would say are those first five qualities that we've talked about today. The five qualities that we can develop is skillful in playing, being a person of excellence, being confident, being able to make good judgment, being your best self. Those are all natural natural qualities that we can develop, but we need supernatural enablement. And supernatural just basically means God's super on your natural. I want to ask you today, are you relying on the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? When you enter a situation, can you say this with confidence? God, I need your spirit to move through my life today, especially in the area when you're when you're fearful and afraid and you trying to be courageous say holy spirit show up in my life right now remind me that you are with me that's why jesus told the disciples you know you've been with me all these years you know all my teachings you could go out there right now he said but don't leave jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high acts chapter 1 4 through 8 my grandma used to tell me tony you're nothing with an a you're nothing without the aug degree anointed unto god i love that first samuel 17:39 david told saul i can't go with this armor that you're putting on me and then Samuel, 1 Samuel 17 and 15, David said, thus David, the Bible says, thus David prevailed with a sling and a stone. Think about that. Even though he was skilled with a stone and a sling, he still had to bring down a giant and he couldn't do it with God. You know, do it without God. You know, I can't do anything without God. I just always feel inadequate in myself. The older I get, the more I have to trust in God. 
spiritual maturity isn't isn't becoming better at what you do. Spiritual maturity is understanding all the more that you need God more than ever before. Um, there's so many passages in the Bible that talk about the apostles doing great things. Acts 4 and 33 says, with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace was upon them all. I, I say that if Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit and relied on the power of God in him, then we must also rely on the power of God. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. See, that's the most important aspect that we have to have in our lives. We have to know that we are empowered with God's presence and God's spirit in our lives so that when we do show up on the scene, we're showing up with more than just natural ability. We're showing up with heaven's endorsement heaven's signature and seal on our lives and the Holy Spirit is presenting himself through our lives. And I'm telling you, it's more for than just ministry. You don't just need the anointing for ministry. You need the anointing in every area of your life. You need the power of God's presence as a father, as a mother, as a coworker, as an owner of a business, as someone who works in the hospitality industry, as someone who, a, a teacher, um, a student. You need God's favor and presence on your life because that's really what opens the doors to success and favor in your life. So all of these six qualities, they have to work together. You have to develop your gift. You have to have a pursuit or a striving for excellence. You have to be confident. You have to maintain good judgment. You have to present your best self. And you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to advance and go to the next level of influence and impact in the world around you. So let's review these really quick. The six qualities that give us access to open doors, increased favor and opportunities. Number one, develop your gift. Number two, strive for excellence. Number three, be confident. Number four, maintain good judgment. Number five, be your best self. And most importantly, number six, rely on the Holy Spirit. You put these together. You go after these with a pursuit of excellence in your life and I guarantee you the doors for favor and opportunity will open up before you and you will have a much greater and a much more significant impact and influence in the world around you, not just for your day, but you'll leave something for generations to come. Hey guys, this concludes our two-part series on the pursuit of excellence. I just hope that it's inspired you and uh, encouraged you to give a little bit more intentionality and thought as you pursue your dreams, as you go after all God has called you to. And uh, again, if this podcast has uh, inspired you, encouraged you in some way, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and then number three, share it with one or two other people that need to hear what you heard today. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited about our next episode. And until then, we'll see you.